Welcome in, guys, to another episode of the TNBL Times podcast. Uh, Andrew just got up the, or I think it was Will actually. Uh, yeah, Will got the file up just a little bit ago. Um, the regular season is over. So this podcast is just going to be kind of recapping that. Um, and then I'm uh, going to do a little bit of playoff predictions. I made like a little bracket in, uh, in a Google Doc here that I'm going off of. Um, but yeah, let's see here. Um, first, initial reactions to the standings. I mean, Seattle blew everyone out of the water. Obviously, 112 wins, uh, 10 more than anybody else. Uh, Clyde City was not its usual self. Get to that a little bit later, but still with 102 wins. Uh, Philadelphia and Brooklyn round out the top four. So those four teams get buys. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Um, a couple other, a couple surprises, and again, I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit later. But Birmingham made the playoffs without trying. They they were tanking, if you remember correctly. Um, Everett did not make the playoffs. Nor they were eleven. Yeah, about eleven games out. I really thought that they were going to have a, a, a much better second half than they ended up doing. Um, their moves that they made in the middle of the season didn't really. Uh, have the effect that that I thought, or that I'm sure Will thought that it would. Um, uh, race for the number one pick. Uh, I ended up winning that thanks to a 16 game losing streak at the end of the season. Uh, it was greatly helped by Andrew trying to win games down the stretch after I complimented him for a 16 game losing streak of his own um, on this last on the last podcast. He ends up with see so he's going to have the number four overall pick. Um, Edged out Boston. Boston will pick fifth. Myrtle Beach sixth. Indianapolis seventh. Uh, and then let's see, Phoenix second and Kansas City third. Let, I, I'll be interested to see what, what the draft. I guess we have to do the the playoffs and then the Rule Five draft and then the uh, the draft pool will come out uh, sometime after that. So it'll be interesting to see who I end up getting. Um, I'll probably be pretty transparent since I have the number one pick. Once that pool comes out. Um, no reason to really hide anything. I expect that uh, I will take a college hitter, probably at catcher, shortstop, or center field. Those are my main holes in my organization right now. Um, excuse me, took, just took a drink of water. Um, I think that's really it on the standings, so I think I'm going to jump right into the uh, to the matchups here. Uh, oh, one more note. Congrats to Bronx, uh, also formerly the Dodgers and a couple other franchises, I think. Um, I didn't prepare this, so I'm kind of doing this on the fly. But Bronx, as a franchise, broke a tie with, with Vincent for most consecutive playoff appearances to start this uh, this league. They're now at nine. They've made, they're the only team that have made the playoffs every single year. Um, yeah, they started out as the Dodgers. They remain the Dodgers until... Uh, 2030 when they became the Sunnyvale Huskies. God, that owner was a nightmare. Glad he's not here anymore. Um, he did not last long though, because by 2032, they were the Chula Vista Outlaws. I don't even remember the guy that owned that team. He also did not last long. 2033, he became the Cincinnati Reds. I think we can all remember who won the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, and they of course ended up winning the World Series in, I believe, 2034. Three, four. Uh, I'm a little murky on that, but then it's been Bronx ever since then. Um, they won the World Series in 2034 as Bronx, even though 
course, Jeffrey uh, ran that team for most of that season um, as the Reds. Um, so yeah, congrats to them for nine straight playoff appearances. That's crazy. Um, I had got fairly lucky to get eight, I guess. Um, and then Clyde City, all this is in the uh, league history index, by the way. Uh, go with, go to league history index and then teams, and then you can sort by playoff appearances. Um, Claude City is now at eight, and Atlanta is also now at eight. Uh, wow, Atlanta. Atlanta and Bronx just kind of, they were middling teams for a while, but they made the playoffs every year because half of our league makes the playoffs. Um, obviously, that's a different deal than Claude City. Um, Myrtle Beach and Boston also at seven, but they both missed the playoffs, so they'll stay at seven. Um, Dilly is also at seven now after making the playoffs this year, so... Uh, I always think it's interesting to look at, at that list at the end of it. And then, of course, only Clyde City has won more than one ring. So uh, we'll see if that changes this year. Um, but it's unlikely to unless Birmingham or Bronx can get it done. Those are the only two teams that have won a ring before that are in the playoffs this season. Uh, let's jump into the matchups. Um, I'm just doing these in order that I've got them written down. I'm going to do the whole first round and then the whole second round and then the semis and then the finals. Um, so uh, Toronto versus Bronx, which is the uh, 5-12 matchup, I believe. Yes. Yes. 5-12 matchup, Toronto versus Bronx. Um, I like Bronx in this one. Um, Bronx... Even though I, I, I'm not too bullish on Bronx overall in this in this play in these playoffs, they're only five games over 500 since August 1st. They have a terrible defense. Um, they're 20th in defense. Roberto Isidro, longtime captain of my New York Yankees and Vincent Emperors, is playing shortstop, and he really can't because of that arm. Uh, he's got a bad arm, so he really shouldn't be playing shortstop. I think that's a big reason why Bronx's defense is so bad. But Bronx is first in runs scored. Um, another negative on them, they've got Alex Reynoso in the rotation right now. I would hope that that is not the case uh, for Bronx's sake for – the for the playoffs he only has two pitches i don't know why there's three or four of these playoff teams have a two-pitch pitcher in the rotation and I, I don't understand it um so he doesn't have to pitch reynoso because you only really need four starters in the playoffs so hopefully bronx exports and gets that taken care of um then again bronx does have to be taken seriously because of that number one offense um because of all that home run power herman ackland had a down year based on what his ratings dictate he should be doing but um, still pretty solid. Um, Ed Berrigan, Rex Clark, still pretty solid hitters, um, although I think their ceilings are much higher than what they showed this season. Um, but Toronto, congrats to Toronto, I should say. First playoff since they were the Cleveland Cannons in 2030, which we play about six seasons in a calendar year, which means that it's literally been, it, it's, it's been a full year since this franchise made the playoffs. Uh, so congrats to Toronto for getting back to the postseason. Um, that said, I don't love a whole lot about what they bring, what they're bringing to the table. They're 23rd in batting average. Um, they do have two above-average starting pitchers in um, Evgeny Merckx. I'm just calling him Merckx. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Merckx. And then Alfonso. Alfonso is his first name. Also, can't pronounce his last name. Uh, if y'all want to send pronunciation grad, I will be glad to uh, to adopt that moving forward. But for now, it's Merckx and Alonzo. And those two starting pitchers are pretty good. Although Merckx has had a rough go of it lately, some inconsistent starts, uh, which is gonna happen 
throughout his career, I think, because of that low movement. Um, that said, Bronx is not, again, five games over 500 since August 1st, not doing all that great lately. Um, they, they do have home field. So I'm picking Bronx in six, but this is one of those weird series where just the worst team could win because it's out of the park and weird things like that can happen. But I'm going to pick Bronx in six because they are, uh, I think they're clearly the better roster. Um, next matchup, Atlanta versus St. Louis. Uh, this is the eight, nine, I believe. Uh, yeah. Eight, nine St. Louis is the eight. Um, I don't think this is going to be close at all, to be honest. I think Atlanta has two good players, and one of them is a reliever, uh, the, and Raul Herrera, and the other one is Hansu Pak, or Pak, however you want to say it. Um, uh, the, the Pythagorean theorem win expectancy uh, formula has shows that Atlanta won eight more games than it should have, which is insane. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Um, St. Louis's lineup is really interesting. They they deserve to be the eight seed. They are pretty much like slightly above average players all across the diamond. Um, they've got David Veloz, who's solid, obviously. Um, uh, I mean, they've yeah they they don't have anyone that's hitting other than Veloz. They don't have anyone that's hitting better than two seventy five. Um, I will say their rotation is full of probably number two to number four starters, no aces, but no number five or sixes in that rotation. And I think the bullpen is pretty good too. Um, Jonathan Bernal, Carl Dennis, and Cesar, uh, Cesar Veneracion um, are all solid. And then uh, Yimu Hao is also pretty good. Uh, a ERA under three since I traded him to St. Louis. So um, Beanie's weakness is bullpen ERA according to you know his league rankings at 17th. But I, I actually think his top four in the bullpen are pretty darn good. Um, defense is kind of mediocre, but I don't think that's going to be a huge issue in this first round game against Atlanta. I have, I have St. Louis in five, um, just because something could get weird one game and Atlanta could steal a home game. Um, but I, I don't foresee the series being all that close. Um, next game, next series, Birmingham versus Italy or Italia. Um, again, Birmingham tried to tank. I don't know how they're in the playoffs. They got the 11th seed. Uh, their offense is fine. Their starting pitchers are frankly not very good. They finished 11th in ERA as a whole, and I think they all pretty much overachieved. Um, I don't even. I, I mean, we could talk about Birmingham more, but they, they don't want to be. They, the franchise did not try to be here. They traded Roberto Prado at the deadline to Brooklyn, made a bunch of other uh, interesting trades, trying to kind of reset that organization's window. And they made the playoffs anyway, so good for them. I guess they're going to get a little bit of playoff revenue. Maybe it'll help them in free agency in the offseason, uh, a couple of playoff games. But I'm picking Ita uh, Italia in four. Um, their rotation is really good. Maybe the second best in the playoffs behind Claude City's. Uh, Carlos Mateo, Tom Chatwin, and Harada. Uh, that's a really good one, two, three, who I imagine that unit will also pitch games five, six, and seven if necessary in any series. So, um, Carlos Mateo is obviously the GOAT, um, and then Chatwin and Harada are both firmly, easily number twos, especially Chatwin this season has had a really good year. I know there's some hate 
for Tom Chatwin, uh, particularly in uh, the St. Louis area, but he's had a pretty good season. Um, Italia's only weakness really in the lineup is uh, Verdiano, the center fielder, but he's an amazing fielder, and that is a pretty critical defensive position in my opinion, so I'm okay with him uh, with, with him still playing in center field. Obviously not ideal for your center fielder. Is he, is he hitting, I think he's hitting about 220. Let me go back and double check this. He's hitting 218 with 57 RBIs. Um, not, not great, Bob, but, um, you know, He's also was a two war player despite having an OPS plus under 70. So obviously amazing in, in the field. Um, and he's actually, no, he's, I, he's a left-handed hitter. His, he, he has splits, but he's pretty bad against right-handed hitters too. He's really just a defensive guy. Um, somebody that maybe Italia should look into replacing the off season. Um, but a lot of power in Italia. Um, let's count them. Eight players hit double-digit home runs. Hugo Neri had 36 home runs and 109 RBI. That's among the best in the league. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Italia is pretty darn good, and I think they're going to take care of Birmingham. I think they. I think this is my only sweep of the first round. I think I have uh, uh, Bur- Italia sweeping Birmingham. Um, last first round matchup: um, Baton Rouge at Pittsburgh. Um, Baton Rouge has an incomplete roster as of now. And by that, I mean that they literally only have eight batters and three starting pitchers filled out. So it's hard for me to judge what they're going to do. Um, but you know, the, the offense is decent. Um, they do have a really good starting pitcher with the last name of dang or no, sorry, gang. Um, I had actually never heard of him before, before I went looking for notes on this series. Um, and he actually looks really solid. Um, so maybe he can steal a game. Um, Baton Rouge is only 500 since September 1st and only 500 versus left-handed pitching. Um, two kind of red flags there. If you're, if you're thinking Baton Rouge could pull off an upset here, um, on to Pittsburgh here, and, and I'm picking Pittsburgh in five in this series. Um, Pitt's starting pitchers uh, finished number two in the league in ERA. I think that's it's pretty clear that they overachieved as a unit, um, but still pretty solid. Um, solid defense. Offense is number one in batting average, and they do have an elite bullpen. Um, let me elaborate on Pittsburgh's rotation overachieving before Corey. Corey may not like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, you finished number two in uh, in starting in starting pitching ERA, and three of your pitchers are average to below average in the 48 to 50 overall range. Uh, Katagiri is obviously really really good. Uh, he is probably good enough to be an ace. He's got four pitches, 83 control, 70 movement, um, good stamina. He had six WAR this season. He's obviously amazing. And then Tony Torres is a pretty good lefty. Um, Four and a half war, three really solid pitches, great stamina, good velo, um, and he's a lefty. So he's getting up there a little bit, uh, and he's a little expensive, but I also don't hate Tony Torres. Um, it's more Santiago De La Torre having a 3.62 and Tanaka having a 3.61 ERA. Um, probably should be a little bit more bloated, although Tanaka is a four pitch lefty. And uh, De La Torre is a five-pitch righty. So, you know, 
you get into those four, five, six pitch pitchers, and sometimes um, you see those ERAs start to go down a little bit. So maybe that's the uh, the explanation there. Um, but yeah, Pittsburgh, I think very formidable overall. Um, in in Silcock at the top, 320 average. Danny Carvajal obviously had a great year. Um, just really solid out of Pittsburgh all the way around. Um, I'm picking them in five just because something weird might happen. And again, like I said, gang from Baton Rouge could uh, could pull off an upset. Um, all right, that's the whole first round, uh, which we knocked out in about 16 minutes or so. That's pretty good. Um, second round, Bronx versus Brooklyn. Um, I've got Brooklyn in seven. We've got Brooklyn upsetting Bronx. No, I'm sorry. Brooklyn's the favorite. Brooklyn was behind Bronx in the standings all year long, but uh, Brooklyn is the home team. This is the 4-5 matchup. Um, yeah, I've got Brooklyn in seven. It's going to be really, really close. Again, I just don't love how Bronx finished the season. Only five games over 500 since August 1st and really bad defense. I think that could end up being... That could cost Bronx a couple games. And then Brooklyn is the total opposite. Um, uh, awesome offense. Um you know, not a terrible defense, pretty good defense, but the bullpen seven, eight to nine is unhittable. And then here's what I meant by total opposite. They've won 22 of their last 30 games and they get this series at home. Um, in fact, the win expectancy formula that I was talking about earlier, that's in the expanded standings page has shows that Brooklyn should have been the two seed this season. Um, Brooklyn's one weakness um, is they have the fewest wins versus right-handed pitching of the top six teams, um, which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, Brooklyn, I, th- I think Brooklyn wins in seven. Really, I could have said Brooklyn in six, but Bronx's power is just so not intimidating, but I, I think you have to respect it. Um, it could go off in a series like this, um, but I-, I-, I like Brooklyn to, to take this one. Um, Next series, St. Louis at Seattle. Um, This is the 1-8 matchup. Seattle, obviously the best team in the league. Um, Pains me to say that Jonathan Ochoa has had a career year. For the longest time, I thought he was was an ace uh, based on ratings, and he just never pitched like it in Vincent, or at least he didn't after the first year or two that he was here. Um, But 2-6-0 ERA this year for Ochoa, so really, really good. Seattle's second worst hitter is hitting 274. Uh, they have four great starting pitchers and the number one bullpen uh, by ERA. So, yeah, no real weaknesses. Uh, I mean, again, for the longest time, their weakness was first base, and they they plugged that hole with a trade fairly cheaply. Um, St. Louis, I, I mean, I said earlier, no real holes. So if that team gets hot, it, it can go. You know, no zeros in that lineup, but. I, Seattle might just be, it, it's just a different, it's just a different tier uh, than what St. Louis has this year. So I'm taking uh, Seattle in five, um, but I could see it going longer than that. I could see it going six or seven. St. Louis has good players, and if they, if those guys get hot, uh, and Seattle has a has a weird series, Seattle could could do something. Um, uh, Italia at Philly. I am taking. Philly, um, man, I think I've picked the the home team in every single series here, huh? Um, yeah, no, no real upsets. 
But uh, Italia at Philly. Let's talk about Philadelphia. Um, top four in runs for and runs against. Incredibly balanced team. Um, Juan Morales and Cruz Messia are still getting it done. If you guys have not looked at Juan Morales, he's a freaking unicorn. He has terrible contact. He's hitting 222 this season, and he has five and a half war because his eye is unbelievable, and he's an incredible defender at second base. Um, to that end, Philadelphia has the number one defense, which is a far cry from where they were a couple years ago when they were a pretty darn good team then too, but had a bottom five defense, if I remember correctly, just terrible in the defensive end. That manager has totally turned things around in a matter of a couple seasons on the defensive end. Um, and then you got Cruz Macias, hit 320 this year, still getting it done. Uh, weaknesses for Philadelphia. Um, bullpen ERA is 13th. I don't hate the bullpen, but you'd like to see it a little bit better than that for being a, a top four team. Um, so not great. And then the, the wild card here is Philadelphia does not hit any home runs. They're 23rd out of 24 teams in home runs this season. You could see that become a factor in a series. Um you know, I, I don't think it's going to hurt them too much here in this in in this uh, matchup against Italia, but um, because again, Italia's starting pitching, um, you know, Italia's starting pitching is really solid. Yeah, Mateo Chapman Harada. I was thinking of uh, was thinking of uh, Pittsburgh. Um, this could be tough. I don't think I'm not rethinking this. I still think Philly is going to win. But um, uh, I'm saying Philadelphia in seven. That's what I'm going to go with because of that. Just because Mateo is probably going to win two games. And then if Mateo wins two, then um, Harada and Chatwin, if they win one each, then it's over. So you really, it's going to be tough. That's going to be a hard-fought series for, for Pittsburgh to win, or for, excuse me, for Philadelphia to win. I could definitely see Italia winning it. But I'm going to go with uh, the team that's going to have Game 7 at home, the number one defense, um, and just a really, really balanced roster out there in Philadelphia. Um, last matchup of the second round before we get to the semifinals is Pittsburgh at Cloud City. And, guys, I don't think this is going to be close at all. Um, Cloud City. Let's get this out of the way. Um, history says that Cloud City will not win the World Series this year. They have not won in an odd, in an even year since, I think, 2030. They've been winning every other year, and they've been winning in odd years. So this is not um, – three of their four World Series have come in an odd year is what I'm trying to say. So 2036, probably, you know, history says it's not going to happen this year, but but it, honestly it might. Um, this is the – Worst Cloud City team since they won 79 games in 2029. And actually, the Pythagorean um, win expectancy formula shows that they should have won even fewer games than they did. It shows that Cloud City should have only won 98 games this year instead of 102 and um, really should have been the sixth seed in this tournament instead of the two seed. So with that in mind... Uh, it's the best rotation in the league, and it's not even close. Um, Pittsburgh would have to beat Gonby and Luis Gonzalez once each to have a shot, I think. And even if you do that, so let's say after four games, you've beaten, let's say after four games, you've beaten Gonby and Luis Gonzalez once. Then you also have to go beat Danny Abuato and Chong. Um, 
it, I, I explained that poorly, but gone being Luis Gonzalez, I think could just win two games each and the rest of it doesn't even matter. Um, or they could win three of their four starts and then you have to beat Ibuato and Chong twice. Um, it, it's going to be, it, it's going to be really interesting. I don't know who, but I mean, B and Gonzalez will pitch twice each. I don't know if Ibuato or Chong will pitch twice each with the other one getting game four. Um, I imagine Chong is the better ERA this year. Um, so I imagine it'll be B, Gonzalez, Chong, and then Ibuato. So Pittsburgh would have to do something like lose game one, but against Gombi, win game two against Luis Gonzalez, win game three against Ibuato, and then probably also win game four against Chong. Really, you'd have to be up 3-1 to even have a shot because you're probably, you're not going to be Gumby at all, I don't think. And man, I don't think you can't, I don't think you're beating Luis Gonzalez twice. So at that point, it's game seven and it's uh, Chong versus who's Pittsburgh's third starting pitcher. They don't have three good starting pitchers. I don't see it. I don't see how Pittsburgh can win this series. Um, they have the number six offense, but honestly, I think that's it's not very generous. Um, eight of their nine hitters either hit 290 or hit 20 plus home runs. That's insane. Uh, I don't know that any other team in the league did that this year. That's a pretty good balance. Um, I, I, I see Claude City. I hesitate to say that this is going to be a sweep, but I think that Claude City is going to win it um, either in four or five games. I don't think this is going to be close. Um, okay. With that said, on to the semifinals. Um, Brooklyn at Seattle. I think this is going to be close. I do. Um, Seattle is kind of a juggernaut uh, this season, at least winning 112. But we've seen teams, I mean, uh, it was four or five seasons ago that Philadelphia won 110 plus games and then got laughed out of the playoffs. So we've seen that happen to these teams before. Um, I'm going to pick Seattle in this. Uh, still going chalk. I'm the worst, I know. Um, mostly because Brooklyn does have a couple holes. Um, I didn't mention this earlier, but currently they're slated to start Kluster in the in the in its rotation. I think that's a terrible idea. Uh, another only two pitch pitcher. Um, and then again, Brooklyn's weakness is against right handed pitching. And guess what? Seattle has Seattle has five right handed pitchers that are all pretty darn good. Um, Ochoa, Miyamoto, uh, even Lucas Van uh, Lucas Van Orr is another two pitch pitcher. Get him in the bullpen, Seattle. What are you doing? This is my trigger, I guess. Um, but Brennan Oswald's pretty darn good. And then uh, Carlos Lacaya's a fine game four starter. So uh, Brooklyn's probably going to win that game four. And then hope that you can beat um, hope that you can beat Oswald um, or or Ochoa. Frankly, um, I think. I mean, Ochoa had an, a sensational season. Um, 159 area plus you got to steal. You probably got to steal one of these first two in Seattle to have a shot if you're Brooklyn. Um, but I'm going to go with, I'm going with Seattle in seven. I think mean, it's going to be close. Um, other semifinal is Philly at Cloud city. These teams have history. 
These teams have a lot of history, and I think every time that these teams have had history and that they've played in the postseason, I think Quad City has won pretty handily. Uh, I think it's going to be tough. Like I said earlier, Philly is an incredibly balanced team, top four in, in runs scored and runs allowed. Um, and I think their players earned it. I don't think they overachieved in any way. Um, but I gushed over Cloud City about two minutes ago. Um, I, I think that team's incredible. Um, and I think they beat Philly in, in seven games. Um, all right. Are you guys ready? I'm picking Cloud City to win it all. And it's incredible that I get to do that and it not be chalk. Even though, not that I would care about that because I think I went chalk in literally every other pick in this bracket. But I'm picking Cloud City in six. Again, I just don't see how you have to beat Gonby and Luis Gonzalez at least once each to even have a shot. Because at that point, it's 2-2. Not literally 2-2 because they're not going to pitch back-to-back in four games, but... At that point, it's a three-game series, and Cloud City still has Chong to throw twice and Danny Abuato. And I just think that's better than what Seattle has. Um, Seattle's three four-starters right now are Brennan Oswalt and Carlos Takayo. Um, fine, They're fine. Uh, and that's again, that's assuming that Seattle does the right thing and takes out Lucas Van Ors from its rotation. Um, I just... Uh, I don't know. I think I think I think Cloud City's pitching is better. I think Cloud City's offense is just as good. Um, probably not not better, but just as good as um, as Cloud City's. I will say Seattle did hit lefties pretty well this season, which is interesting because their top five hitters are all lefties. Um, a lefty loaded lineup up top. Um, but Cloud City, Cloud City isn't having lefties in the rotation, so it doesn't really matter at all, actually. I mean, they have Dan Tanton, but I would expect that he's going to be in a long relief role almost certainly, even though he had a really good year. Uh, 3-5 OERA, uh, although oh, he didn't start the whole season. He was in uh, relief for a lot of that. So, um, yeah, I, I just... I mean, Seattle's got holes, or sorry, Cloud City has holes. I mean, I don't love Mick Nielsen at third base. The catcher situation is not very good, um, frankly, at all. It'd be, Cloud City would be probably a shoe in to win this World Series if it had not traded away Luis Diaz. Um, but Juan Call, which is a great name, uh, and then uh, and Antonio De Leon. This is interesting. I hadn't noticed this. Oh, I see. They're going. I thought Cloud City was using two closers, but using a closer and a stopper, um, which is interesting, and it seems to have worked because uh, Antonio De Leon, even though yes, he got traded for at the deadline, but he he actually has not been that good for Cloud City. Uh, ERA over four, ERA plus one hundred, pretty average. Um, I'm just rambling at this point because y'all didn't give me any questions, uh, so this is what you get. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think that Cloud City's offense is maybe a smidge worse than Seattle's, but the rotation, especially in those two, three, four spots, is just so much better, uh, is, is a huge advantage for Cloud City over Seattle. Um, so I'm picking Cloud City in that series and Cloud City to win it all. And that would be Cloud City's fifth ring, which which should be five rings in nine seasons, which would be incredible. Um, 
And I believe there's, I believe that would be Cloud City's, I'm fuzzy on the timing and I'm doing this on the fly, but I believe that would be Cloud City's second ring outside of him being, I think he was commissioner. I don't think he was commissioner for the first time that he won the ring. I don't think he was. I think 2031 was kind of when he became commissioner and now obviously Andrew's taking over those reins. So be interesting to see if he could kind of bookend this era with another ring because it looks, it seems like Cloud City is headed toward, I don't want to speculate, seems like Cloud City is heading toward, um, not a, I don't think he's ever going to do a full reboot like, uh, like I did this season, but, um, I don't know, I don't know how much longer he's going to keep winning a hundred games. Um, again, the, the game says that he shouldn't have done so this year and, yeah, I mean, he's got some holes in the offense at third base and catcher um, that I think he's going to have to figure out long term. Um, he's trying to trade J.R. Trichel. I don't know who he's going to replace there. Um, I think that Leo Mendez overachieved greatly this year to hit 295, but it is an average, 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 average defensive shortstop. So that's a hole going forward. He really doesn't have any prospects other than um, other than relievers, and then uh, Juan Velasquez at first base, who I actually love. He might be my favorite player in the file. Um, and then he does have a starting pitching uh, Esteban Rodriguez. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much going to do it. I will say, uh, congrats to Seattle for having the best record. Um, that's a big deal. I think. I think we should. In baseball, especially, we should uh, we should treat that as if it's like you know like it's a big deal, not quite like winning the World Series because you do have the playoffs. But it's a tremendous honor. Um, and then credit to the GM that's there now. I don't think his name is anywhere. Uh, Anthony, credit to Anthony for doing what he did, and then also credit to Andrew for building up that farm uh, before moving to Durham so that uh, that team could be in position to where it is right now. Um, I think that's going to do it. I'm sorry I didn't have more takes for you guys. I really thought I would, but uh, I pretty much agree with the standings up until I still think Clyde City with those two, with Luis Gonzalez and Gon B is, is pretty much unbeatable in a seven-game series um, unless something funky happens. So that's where, I, that, that's where I'm going right now, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It sounds like the sim is on Sunday, so uh, get exports in, and uh, I will be back probably with another podcast. Ooh, um, probably before the draft, probably when the draft pool gets revealed. I'll probably share some thoughts, um, and I'll have the number one overall pick, so again, I'll... I'll be able to be pretty honest and because, you know, can't really hide it from me. You know, nobody's going to be able to steal a player that I want. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably be back for the draft. Maybe something after the postseason, but probably not. Probably not until the draft pool is revealed. So, all right, until next time, uh, y'all enjoy playing this game.